Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. Tyler Bass will try a 44-yard field goal to tie. The wind at his back. The snap is good. The ball put down. The kick is up. And no good. Wide right. Wide right. The Bills kicker missed a field goal. Wide right. There's the snap. He goes to an E. The clock is ticking. One more snap, and it's all she wrote. It'll be third down and 12. Clock is at 40 seconds. The Kansas City Chiefs. On the road for the first time in the playoffs with his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, are going to win it. There's the snap. He goes to an E. It's fourth down. And that is it. The bench is empty. The Chiefs have gone on the road and won in Frigid Orchard Park, New York. Kevin Hartland on the call for Westwood One. The Bills kicker missed wide right. Wow. Let's talk some football with our guy, Ron Hughley. He is on Twitter at RealRonHughley, afternoon host at Sports Radio 610 in Houston and a Chiefs correspondent for Arrowhead Pride. He is with us on the Circa Sports Illinois Score hotline, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 the score. What's up, man? How you been? It's good, man. Haven't, uh, haven't talked to you guys. Now, listen, you know I'm listening to you as, as I've, I've been hearing – uh, Dan have meltdowns about uh, Matt Eberflus and, uh, and 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 the Bears, and and then listen listening to to uh, to Lawrence try to reel him back in, and I thought I thought you guys were gonna fight one day. I, I really did. There's but no saving me from that. There's no. I, I I just I try to stay out of that mental death spiral, but it's 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 been rough. Ron, I'm not going to lie. Uh, uh, dealing with Meatball Dan, like it just kind of happened, and then he, he, it was like he just flipped out all of a sudden, and and Sick he went all team. he went all Cornholio on me, and I'm like, what is he? What am I supposed to do, Lawrence? You you talk like he's not there sometimes. You, Lawrence will go, you know, and and Dan uh, goes overboard like Dan normally does. He goes. <laughs> I think that you have a very good assessment of our radio show. That's how it works. Um, so, so let me ask you about this this Kansas City team because throughout the season it had been rough sledding. Like, look, they have to go on the road to go win in the playoffs. How did things kind of get refocused once they got to the playoffs? 
Listen, I, I have been saying this all year, and people have got mad at me. And I, I, this is how I, I operate. I don't know how, how, how any sports fans operate. For me, like when everybody is making mistakes, like when, when everybody is, and in particular, we're looking at the Chiefs offense. When everyone's making mistakes, well, then I start to look at the top people, right? Like I don't go and hone in on mediocre players and, and look at them when everybody else is making mistakes. And all year long, yes, uh, uh, MVS has had drops and Kadarius Tony is flighty. And, and uh, McCole Hardman, once he's gotten here, has done his things. And Jawan James has 107 penalties this year. And, and there, there have been issues. But you know who else has been problematic? Patrick Mahomes. He's throw, he threw like 10, 10 or 12, had 10 or 12 turnovers in a six or seven week span. Andy Reid was like weird and couldn't seem to, to, to solve defenses and get people open. Travis Kelsey went on about, uh, you know, an eight game streak without scoring a touchdown and seemed to have struggled. So I don't think it's a coincidence that the last, I'd say, three or four weeks when Patrick Mahomes has cleaned up the game and Andy Reid has somewhat cleaned up the game and Travis Kelsey has come back around. Voila, the other guys seem to come back around and clean up things. So to me, it was always, all right, if they can just minimize mistakes and especially the top guys can minimize mistakes, then they'll they'll be all right. Because right now, man, this is a race to 21 for this defense for most teams. If the Chiefs, I don't care if it's six field goals, if the Chiefs can find a way to get to 21 to 24 points, they are going to beat most teams because this is the best, I would say, even with Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, this is the best defense I've seen uh, in my lifetime with the Chiefs. So they've minimized the mistakes, and, and I think we've seen why they've had much more success lately. I know people talk about Steve Spagnuolo and, and the, the the design and play calling. I see a, a defense that is really playing hard, and that jumps out at you. You talk about, you know, uh, Dave wants that always like to talk about guys flying around. When you do see guys horizontal, you see guys playing with that kind of abandon, I mean, hurting themselves, I mean, really just firing themselves, that is Obvious, no matter who's in the game, no matter what defense is called, just snap after snap after snap that they are, you talk about rallying to the ball. It's like they're, they're, they're tearing at each other to try to get at it. You know, you guys have seen this. You all remember how physical Peanut Tillman was. When you got corners that are physical, yeah. a lo like everybody on the defense. And, and I mean, you know, Nick Bolton has his issues. In coverage, but man, he's gonna get there and he's gonna arrive and lay and lay the wood. And Legeria Sneed kind of reminds me in physicality of, of a Peanut Tillman or Rondé Barber when he was with Tampa. They are going to hit, and this is a group that's played together a while, and they know Spags, and they rarely have you know missed assignments. Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, with their secondary, particularly their corners, uh, they, they have such luxury to do things with those guys that they can leave on islands or, or you know, depend on them in zone to tackle and hit. 
I, I just and then their front their front four they can get pressure in so many ways and when Chris Jones feels it he can just take over quarters uh, with things so I mean they have a really really good group but I think the part your their physicality and knowing what they're doing all the time is something that really helps them. We've been very lucky that Travis Kelsey has been this guy for every year of his career until we get to here. Do you think that it, it's is this just like the beginning of the end? With him not being the best, the clear number one tight end in the league, are we going to find out at the end of the season that he's been dealing with an injury that none of us knew about? Well, what? Why do you think we've seen a decline? I, I think there's. I think that I don't think he's been right right from the beginning. Right, he missed the first game. Like, let's just let's really look at this. Right. Only George Kittle has more yards receiving, and he's he's missed two games. He, he missed the first one and the last one, and then and you know, and only Kittle has more yards receiving. When I saw he went to the Pro Bowl, I was like, all right, man, this is this is pretty much reputation. And then you looked up and down, I'm like, well, hell, hell, only he's 18 yards from a thousand, and only George Kittle is the only tight end that has more yards than him. So. Yeah, it was the down year, but I think he needs more help, right? And and, and when we see the emergence of of Rasheed Rice um, and and others, that has helped. I think the biggest thing for me is, and I think this is a mixture of Kelsey maybe taking a step back and Andy having an off year with Mahomes and all the other stuff. He was he was easier to take away than he has been in the past. Right. This, this ain't the first time Travis Kelsey has seen double teams or have people, you know, completely issue the game plan towards trying to prevent him from getting all, uh, you know, all the production that he normally does. But I think he does need a little bit more help. And I think when you see how Rasheed Rice has come on, his last two games before the Buffalo game were his two best games of his his short career. And now – Somehow Travis Kelsey ends up alone in the end zone um, and, 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 and has gotten some separation in space. So I think he does need more help. You got to see the Texans against a defense that is going to challenge anybody. And you talk about nasty at all levels. It, it's there. What did you learn about both teams watching that game? Yeah, um, I think the biggest, uh, we talked about this yesterday on our show, the biggest takeaway for me was, you know, the Texans had a spectacular season and are clearly, clearly ahead of schedule. They are, there are levels to this thing and they just weren't ready for that one. Uh, which, I, which now CJ was, CJ was ready. Now, I, I think he got a little uh, spooked by the pressure, but hell, we've seen Tom Brady get spooked by the pressure when it's constant. But you could just see they just weren't ready. I mean, guys, they had they had eight pre-snap penalties. <laughs> like Laramie Tunzel had two false starts, and every single offensive lineman but the center had a false start, right? And so they had, and then they jumped off sides on the defensive end. Like they just they just weren't ready to meet that intensity that them boys from Baltimore are bringing to the table. And the weird thing is, is if you just look at it by a score. Now, when you watch the game, it never felt this way. But if you look at it by a score, it was 10 to 10 at the half and 17 to 10 after three. Right. So it was a one possession game, but it felt like they was getting beat down the, the whole way. And then, and then finally, you know, the, the Ravens went off in the fourth quarter, 17 to nothing. But 
Uh, I just th- this, this Ravens team is real, right? And and you know I'm you know I'm a Chiefs supporter and a fan. Uh, th- this they're going to be a problem. Um, and and there is there is a bit of a feeling like that the the I was laughing at people saying, oh, it just feels like Josh Allen's time. It just feels like Josh Allen's time. No, no, it didn't. Never did. It 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 kind of feels like it's Lamar's time. <laughs> and then now Patrick Mahomes is on the other side with Andy Reid there, but they, they bring a lot to the table uh, that, that are going to give the Chiefs problems. What do you think were the best practices in getting the most out of C.J. Stroud? Man, I, I, I think I think in a lot of cases, and you all know this as well as as any, is who you get sent to and who you get uh, as your coach and your guy in front of you. And I think CJ is a really, really good player and has his head on on the right shoulders. Like he is a dream of an owner or general manager, of coach of what a player is to be, especially off the field. But man, you get Bobby Slowick and and Gerard Johnson, his quarterback coach and his offensive coordinator, and them guys are are working wonders. And this could have been different if he's with, you know, Matt Canada or Kellen Moore or I'll whisper it, Luke Getze, who has somehow gotten an interview. I'll whisper for an it too. Coordinator Matt job. Nagy. Matt Nagy. Yes. Right. Like if if you you just never know what you can get, man. Like I, I like I look at this thing and they've they've had a mass unit on the offensive line. They've had at, at times one weapon. On offense, as from a receiver standpoint, with the injuries they've had, so many injuries, and for them to put up points and look, if you watch CJ's games, like he's not, it's it's not like every game he's throwing a cape on and he's throwing guys open. Like there are they are scheming the hell out of guys along with his strengths of of, of accuracy and things like that. So to me, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me, and this is somebody who watched. Patrick Mahomes early with Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, right? And then watched C.J. Stroud get Bobby Slowick, Gerard Johnson, that crew. And it, it is just kind of clear to see what happens when you get the right guys working with you. And it's the biggest issue because right now in Houston, those two guys may leave. <laughs> they may leave. They are getting uh, highly – pursued it when it comes to being an offensive coordinator for Gerard Johnson and Bobby Slowick has had interviews all over the place to be a head coach. So that's going to be an interesting watch to see how CJ adjusts if that, if they do leave. Look, ask Nick Sirianni what it's like to lose your coordinators. Come on, man. Ask ask Josh Allen. He took a slide when he lost Brian Dable and they had to get Ken Dorsey out of there. Now Joe Brady has kind of helped him get back. Yeah. So it's, it's that to me, I always believe, like there are really talented guys, and I do think Patrick Mahomes would have been a great quarterback, but I, I I'm no fool. He went to the perfect situation that could get the absolute best out of him. And it, it gets and, back huge to what a lot of people refuse to talk about in sports or are scared to talk about, and it's luck of yep. how much. And it's it's easy to we can quantify it in baseball. We can talk about mathematical variance, but the idea in, in games of bouncing balls and all of these different people and 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 various immeasurables is how I mean, guys, much luck is involved. 
guys, it's clear. Like two guys, and guys, as you know, Justin Fields doesn't suck. Justin Fields doesn't suck. And I'm sorry, we'll see more. I don't think Bryce Young sucks. But Bryce Young went to a place where somehow, uh, you know, Frank Reich got another job after being fired in midseason with the Colts and clearly struggled after getting, not having Andrew Luck. And now they change offensive play callers six weeks into the season. And two weeks later, they change it back and then they fire. Like, imagine if C.J. Stroud would have gone to that. Right. And, and and how different we may potentially look at at, at C.J. Stroud had he not come to this in the comment. And D'Amico, another perfect piece of a head type of a head coach in terms of demeanor for C.J. Stroud. They vibe big time. It, it, you're right. It is it is absolute luck at times. Like we look at the Patrick Mahomes uh, draft. I mean, what if Mahomes went to Brian, Bill O'Brien and Deshaun? went to Andy Reid. Like what like what would those look like? And it's just so like you said, I agree with you. Complete luck. Well Ron, we appreciate the time, my man. We will try to do our best to entertain you when you listen in on the show. Let's do it, man. I I, I and I'm listening. <laughs> Ron Hughley, our friend and guest on Sports Radio six seventy. Always enjoy it. I threatened you with this before and I'm going to follow through. Dan Zimborski and Fangraphs, their cover story today, the 2024 Chicago White Sox Zips projections. Ooh, boy. Sit back, relax, and strap it down. Sox fans, you're going to love this. It's next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Yeah, I think retool is 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 a good way to to uh, um, you know phrase it. Well, you could dream to be. Every year, Dan Zimborski brings you one of the projection metrics. There are many, but FanGraphs has gone full in with the Zips projections, and. There's a history now. It's really cool, and they do all sorts of, of historical comps. But then there's some editorial that is always a part of this, and they had a, he had a real good idea last year. If you remember the 2023 Zips projection said the Sox could be okay if they have near-perfect health. <laughs> because they say once you get into the depth, 
they're in real trouble. And that proved to be the case. So this is the 20th season of the Zips projection system. What Zimborski writes is this. In a certain way, this team is a bit more depressing than the Oakland Athletics. No, they're not trying to piece out of Chicago, but I think the A's front office is probably more realistic about the team's immediate chances of winning than the Southsiders are. It's always hard to gauge exactly what a team truly thinks of their outlook, but I get the impression the White Sox think they'll be at least halfway competitive in 2024. Realistically, though, a lot of things would have to go their way, even in a weak division like the AL Central. The Palehos have a one-dude offense in a sport where that isn't a thing. Luis Robert Jr. is in his prime right now, probably at his peak. If the White Sox were actually rebuilding, he's the guy they could trade to start meaningfully restocking the farm system. Instead, Robert will be a key cog in their quest to win 70 games. What you, what, what, what's the laugh? It sounds about right to I'm me. Not, I'm not reading laugh lines here. A Those, one dude offense in a sport where that's not a thing. No, that's that's definitely a laugh line because it's Luis Robert having to spend the rest of his career here. Now, Yoan Moncada and Eloy Jimenez could upgrade this to a three-dude offense. I'm not falling for that trap again. But in truth, there are big questions surrounding both players. Moncada's health isn't a given. He suffered myriad nagging injuries the last two years. What's more, it can no longer be taken for granted that if you just get him healthy, he'll produce. The team has finally gotten Jimenez's glove off the field in most games. But his slash line is abysmal for a player with no defensive value in a home-run-friendly park. He can still crush pitches in his wheelhouse, but he swings at too much junk. And at 27, you can't dismiss that tendency by appealing to his youth anymore. Elsewhere, Andrew Benatendi was terrible last season. Guaranteed rate is a poor fit for getting the most out of his limited offensive game. Meanwhile, the Andrew Vaughn breakout gets less likely every year. As for the rest of the, of the positions, the Sox have used a few trades in free agency to accumulate a whole bunch of inexpensive waiver wire types with limited upside. I guess we're going to go through the Oscar Colas experiment again. But his 809 OPS in AAA wasn't even good. But they hate him. On the plus side, Zips is starting to come around on Colson Montgomery to the extent that it likes him slightly better than its longtime favorite, Brian Ramos. But there are still questions remaining. Montgomery got a lot of his value from walks, which isn't a great sign for a minor leaguer. And we haven't gotten to see that much of him due to injuries. But a 22-year-old shortstop who's only played six weeks of double-A ball boasting a 20% chance at a 111 OPS plus is an auspicious sign. Fans need something to look forward to. We've got nothing. Exclamation point. Now, you want to hear about the pitchers? No. Yeah, you do. You can't wait to hear about the pitchers. I'd like to hear about Dylan C's. Well. Because I'm curious on what here's people what think about of, the pitchers. of what last season was and what it means going forward. They haven't traded Dylan Cease yet, so the bottom has only mostly fallen out of this group. <laughs> I'm, I'm just starting. He's not right. This is not a yep. comedy bit. Dan, there's only one pitcher to talk about. Just wait. I guess Christian Mena ranking this highly on the projection list is sort of a good thing. Eric Fetty and Chris Flexen feel like pitchers acquired mainly so that games will actually end. 
and you're saying these aren't comedy well, bits? That might have been a comedy bit. Tip your bartender. <laughs> and it's hard to have much confidence in Michael Soroka staying consistently healthy until we actually see it. Some years ago, I mentioned there were two pitching prospects in the minors okay. who had very bimodal projections, meaning they were much more likely to be either awesome or terrible than simply middling. Those pitchers were Tanner Scott and Michael Kopech. Oh, boy. Scott seems to have fulfilled the former possibility, finally nailing down his command and having an elite 2023. Kopech, unfortunately, looks a lot worse than he did three or four years ago. It's a complicated case. It involves more than injury, but the projections are now bearish on him. I am Cornelio. I'd still start him for now. Him struggling will likely have next to no effect on Chicago's playoff There's odds. There's no reason to not start he him. Said, but I think we're nearing the point where if he puts it together, it's going to have to be in the late innings. Zips only projects four White Sox pitchers with an ERA plus of 100 or better. Who are they? And three of them are in the bullpen. Uh-oh. Garrett Crochet, Gregory Santos, and Tanner Banks. Isn't Crochet being prepped as a starter, though? Isn't that what Getz said? Never throw more than well, 65 wait. innings. The Sox should give Crochet every opportunity to start. He'd have a lot more value if it works out and weakening the bullpen to give him a shot at the rotation. He has a little practical danger. Zips is sold that the free passes are behind Santos. His first strike percentage and out-of-zone swing percentage, two leading indicators of future walk rate, were above average. He said the computer doesn't see any no-name relievers ready to surprise. Overall, the White Sox have a few interesting players, but will likely contend with the Rockies and Athletics to be the worst team in baseball in 2024, even if they hang on to cease. Zips projects 65 to 70 wins for the Sox, but a cease trade could put them over the top in this depressing foot race. So they have Luis Robert Jr. with a 4.3 projected war. That's their one dude. And then Cease at a 3.2. What about Andrew Benatendi? 1.3. The highest paid high, uh, White Sox player ever. Benatendi. Ever. And, they, they do this he by. He's the highest paid White Sox player ever. In ever, Jerry. In, in ever. ever. Well, he does it by position. So the left field position of Benatendi and Sheets as a position adds up to an aggregate 1.3 war. Total. Terrific. Just what you're hoping from your left fielder. Their right field of Colas, Jimenez, and Sheets adds up to a 0.3 war. Their catching position, Maldonado, Stasi, and Lee. Well, Maldonado adds a lot of defensive war but can't hit worth a damn. It all adds up to 0.3 from the catching position. Yeah. And if you're if you're asking, the the relievers do include the recent acquisition of Brebia. No one was asking. Somebody might have. What about Brebia? No one. It's Liter- not updated. Literally, no one. No one. Not once. Not even the socks machine guys yeah, were asking you that. So one thing they do for batters, Sack machine for batters, they do top near age offensive comps. Okay. And these are fantastic. Oh, God. Top near-age statistical offensive comps. Luis Roberts' top hit comp okay. for next year. I'm excited about this. Andre Dawson. Great. Aloy Jimenez's top hit comp. Former Cub Mike Ivey. Okay. 
Some of huh? these names are just great. Who we have for Moncada? Moncada, Jared Patterson. I don't even remember who that is. Okay. So that says 100 losses. Oh, yeah. This is what we're talking about here. Andrew Vaughn's top comp. His top Frank three. Frank Thomas, according no. to people around the White Sox. Andrew Vaughn's top three comps for next year as a hitter. Kevin Millar. All right. Chad Tracy. Sure. Aubrey Huff. As long as he doesn't adopt the politics, I'm fine. Some of you are just hilarious. Elvis Andrews's was Cookie Rojas. <laughs> <laughs> What's Maldonado's? Maldonado. Lawrence Holmes. I gotta find him. That's his. Oh, there comp. he is. His Lewis Heyman. Brock Lesnar's manager. Who is? Who are some of these people? Like I have legitimately not heard of some of these people. Yet, Dan, let me get this straight. If I remember correctly, thank you, before, Ray. Before the show, your pitch about this segment was that the White Sox 2024 Zips projections were not as bad as you would think. Is that correct? They're not as bad as I thought they would be. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yes. But this is this is better than you thought. So again, we're talking about the Tony Romo bar. Yes, it was. What would was be really in a Tony standard. Romo bar? Nougat. Coro- it's Corona. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, there it is. I, mem- it, I remember. It's a candy bar that tastes like Corona. But this is this is not uh, not, not, not in Noogie. I made a payroll. We got the Hormel. I'm really impressed watching the tape this week by Luke Getzky, the offensive coordinator. Fired. He's fired. Sure, that was your man. Yeah, too. That's, that's your guy. You couldn't pronounce his name, and then he was fired. You're out here telling us how great he is. Mm-hmm. Getzky. Maybe they kept Getsky, fired Getsy. We don't know. We'll never know. Oh, okay. I got a question for you. And when we come back, I'm going to give you the answer. I just thought this was hilarious. It was a question to uh, Drew McGarry in his mailbag. And he answered it. He was asked, is Baker Mayfield the reigning Ryan Fitzpatrick? And he said, no, because he's a former number one overall pick. And because he crushed the but it, Eagles. But it is like his fourth team, Just wait, though. and because the Bucks are about to give him real starter money. I don't know about that. I do like the idea, he says, of naming a ceremonial Ryan Fitzpatrick every season. In honor of the backup quarterback who throws for yardage, is beloved by teammates, gives local fans a thrill on the way to a middling record. They could even present the award at that stupid NFL honors show. This year's recipient would be, opens envelope, think about it, think about it, the answer is next. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports talk on 670 The Score. See if Fitzpatrick can pull a trick out. He got hit as he lofted it up. Boom, coverage! Matt Collins is inbounds at the 40. It's a 34-yard gain, and there's a flag down. All right, so we're going to get to the answer to that question, but not before we give you some breaking news here. Breaking news on 670 The Score presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Woj bomb. The Milwaukee Bucks have dismissed coach Adrian Griffin, and they're expected to make assistant Joe Prunty 
interim coach. Damn, that was quick. Well, okay then. Would you make mad? Holy. And according to Sean's, Doc Rivers has, has emerged as a serious candidate to become the, the Bucks coach. Serious, not, not a silly, Very, that's not right. a silly the candidate. The Bucks are thirty and thirteen, the second place team in the East. What'd you do, Adrian? <laughs> Ime Udoka. I don't know what you do. Ime Udoka. Because <laughs> that feels like you did something. <laughs> that, uh, you said something wow, to the wrong wow, person. Wow, or? wow, wow, wow. But Joe Prunty, that's the Bulls killer, if you'll remember. Yes. That's the guy who runs that little backdoor play, and he was the assistant in Atlanta who ran it for A.J. Griffin, right? <laughs> Wasn't it for his kids? Yes. I'm sure, I'm sure Matt Eberflus will have a press conference about it. Wow, today. that's wild. Well, uh, glad we're recording the Organizations Win Championships podcast today. We have a lot of NBA stuff to talk about. Woo-wee. So here was the question. I'll ask it again. The question was asked, is Baker Mayfield the reigning Ryan Fitzpatrick? And Drew McGarry said no. He said, here's, here's the criteria. This, the season ceremonial Ryan Fitzpatrick in honor of the backup quarterback who throws for yardage, is beloved by teammates, and gives local fans a thrill on the way to a middling record. So I'm going to give you the stats for for this year's winner of the Ryan Fitzpatrick Award. In 13 starts, his team went 7-6. and He completed 62.2% of his passes for 3,305 yards, 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions and a rating of 84.6. All right, it wasn't the guy that I was thinking. The guy I was thinking was Joshua Dobbs. No. Because he fits the profile other than what the statistics that you gave. I thought for sure it was going to be Tyson Bajan. It's not Tyson Bajan, although a I lot thought, of people would love for on, it to be. Based on the qualifications you gave, Dan, I was like, that's got to be Tyson Bajan. The amount of no. starts kind of gives it away. Yeah, yeah the starts. Can, yeah. It's, it's Gardner Minshew. That's a Super Bowl uh, candidate right there, it's, Tyson Bajan. It's Gardner Minshew. And then what happened when you needed Gardner Minshew? Sure, yes, to, but that's what it is. It's that's the Ryan Fitzpatrick exactly, thing. Exactly. That's Gardner Minshew. Congratulations to Gardner Minshew on being this year's Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's not Tommy DeVito. Tommy no, DeVito. Tommy Oh, Adrian, what did you do? What did you do? Let's play. What did Adrian Griffin do? Let's not play that game. (laughs) Three-point field goal, Alan Williams. (laughs) Let's not play that game. But what did you do? Adrian. Because they got you up out of here quick. Yo, Adrian. Got you up out of the paint with a team that's three and a half games out of first place in the conference. Maybe he's the one that really had Giannis's game ball. <laughs> what what if that's what it is? What is like I had it and I'm never giving it to you. Well, you're fired. How about that? I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Hmm. What'd you do, Adrian? Adrian, why are you fired? Why what happened? Like what happened? Let's talk to Danny Parkins and Gabe Ramirez. Or is it? Is that right? I, I think. I feel like it's it's Marshall today. I think it's Marshall for is, two days uh, and then Gabe. Is Doc Severinsen here? Is, is, is Ed here? How do we not know who's on the afternoon show? Is Tommy it's on us. It's Gabe. You it is Gabe. It right? But is Marshall here later this week? I think it's two it's and Big two. Ant. Oh, Big Ant's Big Ant's here. Ant is here what, later this I'm week. I'm messing up my blacks. They all look alike to you? That's what it is. <laughs> well, once Big Ant got that haircut, getting it high and tight like Marshall. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Okay. 
three blacks and I'm messing them all up. Keep them straight. That's exactly right. <laughs> Keep them straight, Jerome. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Parkinson and Cool Breeze will be here next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.